overcome by Satan in any form, way, or shape. If you can understand these two principles. God made it very clear to us yesterday. You know something that I've seen about God again and again? He is a true father. He wants us to be everything that he had ordained us to be. And when we fall short of it, God is not happy at all. But unfortunately, many of us blame God for our own, um, you know, uh, mischiefs. But if there's anything you have seen clearer this weekend, is that it all depends on you. God is God. He remains where He is. And it's always what He is. And we are the one that God really wants us to rethink and, um, you know, turn towards Him. So we look at the two things. One, do not give the devil a foothold any longer. The Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. Which means that Satan can do nothing in the life of anybody born again unless what you permit him to do. You remember I always say this to you? Come on now, do you remember I always say that to you? Uh-huh. And this is not just a saying. It is something I say and I have proved it. Among you again and again. That statement, the devil made me do that. It, it cannot happen to a born again. It could happen in the Old Testament because Holy Spirit did not live in man. So the devil could make them do things. But from the time of Jesus Christ, it is impossible for the devil to make any Christian do a thing. Do you believe that? Say Amen. amen. Somebody is beginning to crack his head now. That what is Apostle saying? What I'm saying is that anything you do as a Christian is your decision. Once you are born again, you are not part of those people that devil can make to do anything. Um, I'm going to read to you from the book of James very quickly. Chapter 2. Chapter, chapter, um, yes, James, chapter 1 from verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God had promised to those who love him. But look at the next verse. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Are we clear with that? Prima facie. He says, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire. Whose evil desire? Whose evil desire? Come on, whose evil desire? So it's not the devil, it is your own. The desire to do evil is yours. Desire is built in man. If you turn it towards God, it then becomes the desire to do God's will. If you turn it towards the devil, it becomes evil desire. So a Christian cannot say, Satan made me do something. He cannot make a born again. If Satan can make a man to do something, that man is not born again. That's just a fact. Okay? Now look at what he says. Each one 
He is tempted by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, he gives birth to what? Sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to what? Death. Look at the ending of it. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light or the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Did we get that now? He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a very kind of first fruit of our creation. So a Christian, Satan cannot make a Christian do anything. That is the fact. Now if you go now back to the Ephesians, do not give the devil a foothold. Whenever you see Satan prevail in the life of a believer, the believer needs to check where is the foothold. What did I do that attracted him that gave the devil such rights? Once you get it and you remedy it, that afflictor has to, he has to run away from your life. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, 28, 22-28, You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted, that is present continuous tense. As long as you have the body, it goes through under the process of corruption by deceitful desire. Are we together now? It says to be made renewed in the attitude of your mind. Now, this scripture gives you an eye how to overcome the corruption that comes from the, the evil desires of the flesh. And the solution is to change the way you reason. Attitude. Attitude of your mind. To change your attitude. Change your attitude. I say change your attitude. Change your attitude. Change your attitude. The, 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 there is only one line between failure and success. It's attitude. There is only one line between disaster and security. It's attitude. Nobody is born to be a failure. God didn't give birth to failure on earth. People become failures because of the choice of the attitude. I will together now. And understand, underlining factor is deception. Your body deceives you. You desire flashy things. You don't want to work for it. Your body loves you to keep your life like that until you are frustrated. I will together now. You desire peace, but you are not behaving towards peace. You want to be respected, but you disrespect others. All those things are desires of the flesh. Deceptive desires of the flesh. But God wants you to recognize this. You must change your attitudes. This is February. Change your attitude. Your attitude is the major determinant in whatever you can get at any time. But it says the attitude that we should change must be an attitude that of our new life, our new self, that's renewing of our mind so that we don't behave the way we used to behave, but we behave as Jesus will have behaved. Are we together now? People lost great privileges by bad attitudes. Wow. 
Somebody may be may be may go to school. It doesn't mean they will pass. Somebody may pass in school and have a good qualification. That doesn't mean he will get a job. Somebody may get a job. It doesn't mean he will be promoted in that job. Attitude. Attitude. I know something with attitude. Attitude is something that your, your good attitude last year, all right, will not pay for your bad attitude this year. If you change your good attitude, you will get the result instantly. Anytime you, you come with an attitude, you will get a result. So what I'm saying therefore is that because somebody has been very good in attitude, and the person just changes now. Now the change you did now will not, I mean the old good attitude will not pay for your bad attitude. Because every attitude must attract something. So if it is a good attitude, it attracts goodness. If it is a bad attitude, it attracts sorrow. And that's the reason why a believer should be on the line all the time. Good. That's what the Bible says. We don't have to create problems for ourselves. It says, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self, created to be like God. In true righteousness and holiness, not in uh, pretense. Not in hypocrisy, but true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each one of you must what? Now, I think verse 25 began to tell us the things that com- constitute actions that, you know, in attitude of man, that we need to be very careful about. The first thing he says is, you must put up falsehood. This book is not written to the Gentile. It's written to church, one of the most vibrant church in the Bible. The church of Ephesus. So in the church there are falsehood. There is falsehood. So don't be amazed when you see people who are false in the church today. It has always been so. But you must change. Put, put off falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger do not sin. I've talked about that yesterday. Do not let the sun go down with, with, while you are still angry. Don't go to bed angry. It is most dangerous for your life. Do not give the devil a foothold. So if you do these things, you will give the devil a foothold. When the devil puts his foot, it is not easy to remove it. It is easy to prevent the devil from putting his feet. If the devil puts his feet in anybody's life, I tell you something, you will pay dearly. Jesus said it. You will pay dearly. Now it says... He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must walk doing something useful with his own hands. If you take anything that does not belong to you without taking permission from the authority, you have stolen. If you are in office, you cannot use the photocopy paper of your office for your personal thing because that is stealing. As a believer, you must keep to the rules. Use your office stuff for your office thing. Don't use it for your own thing. This is stealing. If you take, unless you are given permission, if you take anybody's thing, no matter how close you are, and you didn't tell that person that, look, I have taken this thing, you know, please, I need permission, you have stolen. These things, when you do it, what happens? Sit down and enter. Your prayer can't stop him to enter. Your fasting can't stop him. He fasts more than you. Did he fast more than you, you know? (laughs) 
those who worship Satan, they fast more than Christians. So, you see, the devil works on written word. He does not work on what man thinks. He works on written word. That's the reason why demons identify the one who has authority from the one who don't have it. The other one who went and the sons of Ephesus who were trying to exercise the spirit, the spirit said, Paul will know. Jesus will know. Who are you? They claimed to be Christians and they were torn to pieces. Demons work by the word of God. You contravene it, they know it instantly. It attracts them from hell. And that's the reason why. The Bible says, if you do this thing, you will give the devil a photo. And say, don't do that. It says, doing, it says, he who has been stealing, you see no longer. No, but he, you must work doing something useful with your own hand. That he may have something to share with others. You see, if you are poor and you are in the church, you don't remain poor. People help you when you are in need. Do you know what that means? So that you too may get out of need and help others who are in need. But to be on the receiving end all the time is a function of laziness. I would together now. When you are in a company of people who are adding values to lives, everybody is an achiever and they are moving by the Spirit of God, achieving things, and you are there year and year out, remain where you are. That's wrong. That is laziness. Laziness. It says that you should work hard with your hand. So that when, as you receive what you did not have, you must, you must strive to be in a position to, to be able to give. And that is godliness. You don't, you give devil a foothold. I would get that now. Second thing is you must not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, let me help you know this. If devil has nothing in you, and you did not grieve the Holy Spirit, tell me what can, what can overcome you. Government of nations cannot. Loss of any land cannot hinder you. Because devil can't touch you. Alright? And the Holy Spirit is inside, is with you. What else? That is when a man will succeed in anything that he wants to do. And uh, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 4, 29-32. That's 29-32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Watch your speech. But only what is helpful to building others, celebrate with those who celebrate. Rejoice with those who rejoice. People who have testimonies, love them. People are doing good, be happy. Don't be envious. If you don't celebrate goodness, goodness will be far from you. You are praying for goodness, and God is doing good for somebody, and you despise it, the door of goodness is shut against you by your own very mouth. Or by your very despise. I would together now, as time endures, seed time and harvest time will not what? So if you sow peace, you will peace. If you sow love, you will love. If you celebrate with those who are successful, your success is coming in a haste. I would together now, you must be happy with people all the time. You mustn't have headaches that you created around your mental. Allowing the devil to gestate over your mind. A believer shouldn't do that. Whatsoever is lovely. Whatsoever is of good report. If there be any virtue or praise. The Bible says consider ye these things. So why do you consider offenses? Consider or what not? 
I don't want to waste any volume of my brain. Hallelujah, somebody. Someone that you are thinking bad about, Holy Ghost is thinking good of him. Do you think Holy Ghost will be your friend? Oh, no. If you do that, according to the word of the Lord, you will grieve the Holy Spirit. But only what is helpful and to build other people should come out of your mouth. Then it says in verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, that is with your tongue and thoughts, with whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all... I can't understand how a Christian can have bitterness in him. I can't. For me as a human being, if I meet people who have bitterness, I would believe they are not born again. That's what I always believe. Because I don't know how bitterness can dwell in the same temple with holiness. It's impossible. You know what called bitterness? Unforgiveness. I don't know. Some people, some of us, people will offend us and we feel so bitter. About, why should you? Have you not offended someone before in your life too? Is there anybody here who never offended somebody? So why should you be so bitter because somebody offended you? Let them go, man. That is one of the ingredients that make the world happy. Rage. That is pride. Anger. It comes from pride. The spirit of pride. Work rage and work anger. So that Holy Spirit can resist that person who calls himself a child, a child of God. Brawling. Slander. Even that should not even be conceived by a born again. I mean, look, let me say this to you. If you are slandering somebody to another person, is the Lord God not there? Come on now. Is God not there? Hey, 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 Pastor Tayo, increase their days, their hours. <laughs> this is how you made me yesterday that I, when I finished preaching, it was one and a half hours. And I wanted to talk to you for 30 minutes. <laughs> And this one, I have 10 minutes to finish, but if you are not talking, I will think you didn't hear me. So I will talk more, so that you can hear. Because they say in my language that for a deaf man to hear, they will beat the drum in the ears of the baby. <laughs> Listen to me now. So therefore, we are singing on the same page. I'm talking about slandering. When, if I talk bad of any of these, my leaders, with somebody else, was God not there when I was saying it? Come on, answer me. So, if I recognize that, and yet I did it, who am I? I'm a godless man. The offense of slander is not, because if the, the people you are slandering were there, you shut your mouth. Or when you are slandering them and they are coming, what happens? You see somebody scratching where I was not scratching him yesterday, I told you about <laughs> scratching. And then they change the topic, yes, correct? Why? You are ignorant that the real person you should fear was there where you were saying it. Who is God? See, the person that you, the human being you saw, even if you say to his face, he can't do anything to you. He cannot. The only thing he can do is just to recognize that you are not the kind of friend. He should trust any longer. And he take you out of his books. But the God who created the moon and the earth, who punishes every act of disobedience. How? If a believer does that, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will turn his back 
and Satan will enter and deal with that person because a sinner will not go up. So we suffer a lot in the church of God because of all these things you don't understand. To live righteously before God does God nothing. It only does human beings favor. I would get that. So there are many problems Christians are praying over which came. They are not really supposed to exist in the first place. But some of us, because we use our mind wrongly, we use our mouth wrongly, slander and all stuff like that, the difficulty will come. Then we start fasting and praying. Thank God for fasting and praying. It's a good weapon. It will first humble you who you are fasting before it will affect the devil that is messing you up. Why should you be going hunger strike all the time to fight the devil? When you can leave and command without any such, and the devil will obey you because you have nothing with him. You are not rubbing shoulder with him at all. He can't just in the, he cannot nest in your mind. You will not accept it. Because you watch by the word of God. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Of course, he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, rage uh, anger, broiling, slander, along with every form of malice. Even that should not be mentioned at all. I can't understand. You don't greet somebody because you feel the person wronged you. You think about it. Is that correct? Is that right? No. Is it sensible? Then if you need, if that person, you discover that you have a great need, let me give you an example. You won't greet somebody in church because the person offended you. Alright? And you have a boss, you know, in the office that you are, who is the authority, you know? And people fear him a lot. And they have lined you up before that boss to, to deal with you. And suddenly in your office, the member that you don't greet just came in to come and see your boss. Oh, and then, you know, your boss came in and said, Oh, come, 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 come over here. And they began to talk, friends, you don't know it. And they passed through your office and he said, Oh, meet, uh, your boss said, Meet um, brother Joseph or sister, uh, what you got, Dokas or whatever. This is your boss now. And when he introduced your, your member who you are fighting, you don't want to agree. He greeted you last week, you snob. You gave him or her a real snob. Now your boss is saying, meet number one. Will you not say hello very well <laughs> before your boss? Now, what is that to me or to you? Is that not hypocrisy? And Jesus hated it. It's the yeast of the Pharisees. You know, you will greet that person. And you know, when, the, when your boss, when he now goes, your boss is going on. Maybe, you know, you now met the person. You said, you know, I'm so sorry for what I did yesterday. Because you know that you can talk to your boss. And your boss can help you. Because you are now in fire line. And your boss wants to really hammer you, deal with you. Now, this is the only person that can save you. If you look at that, therefore, you discover there is no common sense in malice. Apart from the biological implication, because you see all brain cells, they send out some messages 
according to thoughts of man. And it has been established scientifically that music can bring forth healing now. They are saying it to um, dementia. Alright? And they, they, not all kind of music. And some music too can destroy your brain cells. <coughs> Which means, therefore, excuse me, that any time you behave unscripturally, <coughs> what happens is you pollute your body. You poison your human system. Sickness, affliction, and stuff. And we understand that that poisoning is just manifestation of demons that you have allowed and given foothold. Because you have, you know, grieved the Holy Spirit who had departed. Finally, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you, just as Jesus, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now write the scriptures down um, under the epilogue. Proverb 31, 11, 10, 11. Write it down. A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Next one. Proverb 12, verse 4. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like a decay in the bones. And the next one, Proverbs 12.2. I said 12.4, 12.2 now. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but the Lord condemns a crafty man. Then Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds what is good or a good thing and obtains favor or receives favor from the Lord. And if you interpolate that to the previous one, which is chapter 12, verse 2, it says, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. Which means, if a man is good, God will give him a good wife. Do we get it now? If you equate Proverbs 12 equals to Proverbs 18 and cancel the other, that's the answer you will get. Yes? I cannot hear you. Proverbs 19, 13, 14. 13 and 14. A foolish son is his father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Nobody can inherit a good wife. It's a gift from God. Proverbs 23, verse 27. No, Proverbs 21, verse 19, sorry. 21, 19. Better to live in a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Then Proverbs 23, 27. For a prostitute is a deep pit, and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Proverbs 21, 12. Better to live in a desert than, to, than with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. Proverbs 25, 24. Better to live in a corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. 
Then Proverbs 14, 1. A wise woman built her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears has down. Now let me go to men. Happy Lord concerning husband and wife. Both for husband and wife. Proverbs 27, 15 and 16. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping of rain in a rainy day. Restraining her is like, like restraining the wind or grasping oil with her hand. And then Proverbs 26, 21. As charcoal to amber and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. I didn't know that man too can be quarrelsome. Until I read it in Proverbs. Because when I was reading woman, 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 somebody was thinking, ah, it's only woman, it's only woman. Wait, I've just started entering into the second chamber. A quarrelsome man is strange. Listen, Proverbs 14:7. Stay away from a foolish man, for you will not find knowledge in his lips. You young ladies who have not married, you are the one who can. But those who are married, they have carried their own anyway. Proverbs 14:17. A quick-tempered man does foolish things, and a crafty man is hated. Don't marry a man like that, women. Proverbs 14:27. A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Proverbs 15:18. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Furthermore. Proverbs 15:20 A wise son brings joy to his father but a foolish man despises his mother. Then Proverbs 16:28 A perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. There are men gossips. That is strange. Proverbs 17:13 If a man pays back evil for evil, evil will never depart from his house. Did we see this now? Someone did evil thing to you, don't respond. Because if you do it, evil will not depart from your house. Are we getting now? If, you, if someone did good for you, and also you reply by evil, it will never depart from you. Now, Proverbs 17.20. A man of perverse heart does not prosper. He whose tongue is deceitful falls into trouble. You know, there are some men, any good thing the wife wants to do, they will not just, they will speak against it. Man like that never prosper. You can't marry a man who is perverse. Proverbs 20:19. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Clap for me now. At least I can say that our first marriage seminar in the year 2018 has come to an end. Until when next I come across your path, remain blessed. Pastor, Pastor uh, <laughs> Josiah, can you prepare to take our offering?
Let me welcome anyone coming in for the first time. If this is your first time of coming to the marriage seminar, please lift your hands up. Anyone, anyone coming to the cathedral for the first time? Do we have anybody? Did you invite a friend? So make sure you invite your friends every time. Yes, that's a, a, a sister over there. You are very welcome. Invite your friends every time that we have a meeting. Let's just welcome Pastor Joseph. Take our offering, please.